from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Alongside Chris Lee, Dennis Cox here with you this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. NCAA Baseball Tournament Field is set. Eight schools from the state of North Carolina representing in the NCAA Tournament. Also, North Carolina's own Caleb Martin. Had himself a day yesterday mm. in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. UNC basketball news. Also, Carolina Hurricanes head coach and general manager talk to the media tomorrow. But let's get things started down in Charlotte as we get underway with the Daily Checkdown. Daily Checkdown brought to you by Window Nation. Friend of the program, North Carolina's own Ryan Blaney wins the Coca-Cola 600. Yeah, High Point native Ryan Blaney. Of course, we've interviewed him before on our show, Culture State. Yeah, we have. um, Yes, you know, the the Coca-Cola 600 is supposed to be Sunday. Thing has been rained out. So it happened yesterday. And so Ryan Blaney ends up winning. The big part about this for him is he's always been on the doorstep. He's been that guy who's almost been there, almost making it to the next level. And he hasn't won a points race in two years, mm-hmm. right? And why this is important is if you win this race, then you are automatically in the playoffs for NASCAR later on. You don't have yeah. to do that that points thing and and try to hopefully get in. No, you win the race. You win a race, you're, you're in. in. He got that. that. He got that race. His first points race since uh, 2021, able to win a Coca-Cola 600, and he's one of those – uh, young drivers from the state of North Carolina looking to make his name, looking to push his way through. And uh, some of them have been having a hard time. Him, uh, Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon, those guys have been having a, a tough time kind of breaking through and being some of the top names in the sport. Hopefully for Ryan Blaney and his crew, this is the beginning of them kind of breaking through and having a chance uh, to potentially run for a championship later on in the season. i love to see it. All right, next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Let's talk about this. Um, of course, we're going to hear from Rod Brindamore, the Carolina Hurricanes head coach, Don Waddell, Carolina Hurricanes general manager. They will talk tomorrow and what is basically going to be an exit interview type of thing yeah. uh, for, for the team. We heard from most of the locker room last week mm-hmm. uh, after they were eliminated from uh, the playoffs by the Florida Panthers. Tomorrow, We'll hear from the main players. Don Waddell, he's the guy that's behind the scenes putting this whole thing together, finagling the roster. And he's done a fantastic job. Done a fantastic job. Has to figure out the money on different people. Has people to resign. Has people to maybe not sign. Yeah. Has other free agents to look out for and probably bring in. Of course, uh, and Rod Brennamore is the one that's going to put all the pieces together and put out a great product on the ice for next year. Dennis, we were talking about this before the show. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, me and you spitballing together. What do the Hurricanes, excuse me, what do the Carolina Hurricanes need for next year? What should be their course of action over the summer in re-signings and also new additions? I think that... I said it last week with Brian Murphy. I think they really need to truly target a top-end scorer. Now, a lot of people say, well, they did that last year with Max Pacioretty. I understand that they made that move for him. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Pacioretty obviously got hurt during the season, but he has not played a full season in several seasons, in like six or seven years. Yeah. So he has been has a history of being banged up a little bit. And... Vegas was just because of their salary cap situation was literally just gave him away. Him and Dylan Coughlin, like, 
send us a signed puck. That's essentially what the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes sent back in return. But I'm looking at a young player that you can also build and grow with as well. Now, those are not easy to come by, but we saw Matthew Kachuk, who scored three game-winning goals against the Carolina Hurricanes, including a couple in overtime in that last series in the Eastern Conference Final. Just a 23-year-old guy who's had multiple 100-point seasons. Calgary gave him up. Calgary gave him up. Now, I look at a team like, for example, Vancouver. Not a very good team. In a terrible salary cap situation. They're actually projected to be over the salary cap. One of their top young players who's a restricted free agent after the season, Elias Pedersen. Go after that guy. You might have to give up a couple current pieces that you have right now. For example, like a Martin Natchez. Might have to go. Might have to part with prospects like Ryan Suzuki. Or might have to part with a first-round pick or a few picks. I would go after Elias Pedersen because he could be a, a one of your top two centers along with Sebastian Ajo. But this guy puts up points. 39 goals, 63 assists last season. 102 points. That's the kind of young guy I want to build around. And when actually in 2019-2020, when they're in the playoffs in the bubble, 17 playoff games, put up 18 points. So I have a, I as have, a as a second year player, I have a few questions. And, and you mentioned somebody on the roster does not on the roster. I want to talk about people who are on the roster, and you did mention one name earlier mm-hmm. in Max Pacioretty. If the Canes could get him back for a cheaper price, oh, they yes. Also, another person on a one year deal that we never saw, Andre Kasha. Or and you mm-hmm. mentioned a name too, Dylan Coglin. What happens if the Canes can bring those three back on with with good team friendly deals? Because we didn't get a chance to see saw Patch ready for five games. The other two we really didn't get a chance well, to see them play. Well, Coglin, the reason why you didn't see him play is because he was a healthy scratch. He wasn't hurt. He just wasn't good enough to crack the lineup. So you don't Simple think he's, he'll be worth it? No, he's, he'll be gone. He's a restricted free agent. I don't see them bringing him back. And I honestly doubt he would want to return because he only played in like 20-something games. Yeah, and he, was, right. he was just a healthy extra. Like, yeah. you were literally were the seventh defenseman all season, and then they went and traded for another defenseman Yeah, with uh, Shane Gossespierre. So I don't see that happening. Kasha, it was, a, it was a low signing for the team this year because of his past head injuries. Yeah. So that's why he only signed for like a million and a half or just this one year. Right. Played one game, concussion, done. So I honestly am not even sure. Just my own personal opinion. I got no medical expertise to back this up. I'd be shocked to see him back playing. Just as in simple general, as that. Just in, in ge- just in general. Okay. Because I think someone might look at him and be like, bro, you're literally your long-term life, livelihood that we can it's talk time. about. Yeah. Patch ready. Honestly, with having torn your Achilles twice – one-year deal, $1.5 million. I'd sign him in a heartbeat for that. Okay. Get fully healthy. If you have to miss the first two months of the season, fine. Yeah. Get fully healthy. Come back. Then we can see. That That I would do in a heartbeat. But I don't see any team at his age, 34, going on 35, that's going to sign him to a long-term deal. I just don't see that. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. One, two, three. Couple of what? It's not hitting and quit it, but it's cool. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. <laughs> UNC basketball. A couple news and notes here regarding UNC basketball. Former point guard Caleb Love, who initially committed to Michigan, Michigan, had to decommit, announced today he's going to Arizona. Arizona Wildcats, November 10th, go to where? 
Cameron, Cameron Indoor, Indoor Stadium. Stadium. On November 10th, Arizona Wildcats mm. visit the Duke Blue Devils. So Caleb Love announced today on Twitter that he is committed to now play at Arizona. The interesting thing about that is uh, Caleb Love grew up a Duke fan, wanted to play for Duke. Yeah. He won't admit this now, but that is, if you if you have followed him for a while, you know his history, he wanted to go to Duke. He also is very good friends with Jason Tatum. They're both from St. Louis. We talked about North Carolina connections yeah. earlier um, with different guys from the state of North Carolina. Um, just like Dennis Smith Jr. looked up to Chris Paul, right? Or, yeah. or or even, let's say, John Wall. Well, that's the same with Caleb Love. He looked up to, uh, to Jason Tatum, even wanted to go to the same school Jason Tatum went yeah. to, which is Duke. And Coach K decided to go with Jeremy Roach over Caleb Love. And so that's the thing, and that's what starts the uh, the Caleb Love hatred story for the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, mm. Goes to Carolina, plays those three years there. Now he's going to go to Arizona, get a chance to play against Duke once again at Cameron Indoor Stadium. But I'm glad that he's able to find a place where he can land um, and actually get a chance to play and show uh, all of his talents, put his p- talents on display. It was unfortunate that he w- didn't get a chance to play for Michigan, but I kind of like this form. And the Pac-12, to me, the Pac-12 is going to be a little bit more wide open than the Big Ten. Um, he's going to have a little bit more freedom with Arizona, I think, and uh, and be able to put his talents on display. If he stays healthy, this might be a better move for him, especially when it comes down to what his stats will look like. Because ultimately, yeah. he's trying to go to the NBA. Yeah. So you can probably look a little bit better in the Pac-12 than in the Big Ten, who's arguably – Probably the best conference right now since the ACC slipped just a little bit, but the ACC is definitely going to take that back. Don't say that. Don't ACC's say gonna that. ACC is going to take it back. ACC is going to take it back. They are going to take it back. They are going to take it back. Now, his replacement yes, at Carolina, mm-hmm. Elliot Cadeau, mm-hmm. supposed to be playing high school basketball this coming season. Yeah, the supposed size, to be. Supposed to be. Supposed to be graduating in 2024. Instead, he's going to graduate this year, mm-hmm. and he's going to enroll in Carolina in about 10 days. And be there for this summer. Um, the number 10 prospect in the 2024 class considered to be the best point guard coming out of that class. And also, somebody, some people compare him to Jason Kidd, a pass-first point guard who's going to make everybody on his team better. This now makes North Carolina and Hubert Davis's plan for their roster a little bit more clear, Dennis, that because now there's more defined roles now that you have the point guard in place. Now, is he ready to play at this level? Time will tell on that, but he is set to enroll next week. Now, something Godot did say is that, obviously, this offseason, enrolling next week, getting to Chapel Hill, he'll be able to train and practice with the team this offseason before getting into the into the fall semester, which which is beneficial to a young guy like him. One of the things that he did say is that he did view himself as a one-and-done player. But reclassifying, he said, takes a little bit of pressure off of, okay, I don't have to show out as a freshman to be a one-and-done. He can still be a one-and-done if he has a great freshman year, but he can stick around for two years at Carolina. And I'm sure, obviously, Hubert Davis has to keep this in mind because, honestly, any freshman that you bring in nowadays, yeah, they might be one and dones for your program <laughs> as is with the transfer portal. Let's like, yeah. like, like, seriously, 
Call it what it is. Tyler Nickel, one and done. DeMarco He's at Virginia, Virginia Tech right now. Yeah. I mean, just anybody that you bring in, might as well just go ahead and consider them one and done. Yeah. Uh, the way things are going now with the transfer portal. So, big things happening in terms of college basketball uh, here in the, with, in the state of North Carolina with UNC. All right, let's go to the next one. This is number And I two. don't even care who number two is. Our guy from Moxville, North Carolina. That's right. Played for a couple years with uh, Mark Gottfried over at NC State. Him and his twin brother, Cody, Caleb Martin. Uh, amazing performance in the Eastern Conference Finals for the NBA for the Miami Heat against the Boston Celtics. He averaged 19 points, shot it at 60% from the field, and just a hair under 49% from three nice. in the series. What an amazing game. What an amazing series he had. And this is another North Carolina native, Bam Adebayo, talking about Caleb Martin's performance. A lot of people don't see the work that Caleb put in. I mean, y'all see it now because he, he's playing out of his mind. But after that Game 7 loss, you know, he I feel like he made it a necessary effort to really come back and be like, I'm going to be a reason why we win a series or be a reason why we win big games. And he showed that throughout this whole series, and I, I'm truly proud of him. One, he's from North Carolina. Uh, so just representing North Carolina is a, is a good thing for us. But also, man, he gets the opportunity to, one, win a East Conference championship, and two, he gets to play in his first finals. The big key right there. He's a mm-hmm. kid from North Carolina. That's right. And guys from North Carolina are looking out for guys from North Carolina. Yeah, you know, as uh, as someone who has adopted North Carolina as their home state now, uh, I appreciate this. So I will say, uh, as someone who grew up in Virginia, never had that like, oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a native Virginian up over there. <laughs> no, never had that. I love seeing that down here. It's like, yeah, that guy's a fellow North Carolinian, even though I grew up on completely different parts of the state. Yeah, completely different parts of the state. Washington is. Where Bam Adebayo is from is the eastern part of the state near the coast. Moxville is headed towards the mountains. Is headed towards the mountains. You're talking like southwest of Winston Salem is yeah. where you are. Yeah. So again, very different parts of the state, but they're still showing out for each other. I will say this though, I think it's really cool to see his journey of a guy who went from undrafted to being waived to had a famous world known rapper in J. Cole. Hooking you up with a phone call and a tryout. Another North Carolina. Another North up. Carolinian yeah. looking out for each other to see what he's doing right now. And also as well as this is that we talked a little bit earlier about how oftentimes we see in the NBA and NHL now, or NBA now especially, but the NHL has always been like this, how teams prematurely move on from coaches. This goes to show you that sometimes you can prematurely move on from players. Oh, yeah. Like, it might take a guy – four or five years to get to a certain level, but that's okay. Like we're so, we're so wrapped up on instant success. Yeah. Like we want to microwave championships is what we want to do as opposed to letting things actually cook. This is a prime example of a player who developed over time, was obviously in a good situation, but clearly is showing out in the playoffs, averaging over 19 points, over six rebounds, shooting over 60%. Basically, 49% from three. Yeah. That's what he's doing in the playoffs. He is an example to me. Not saying he's like all world, but if the NBA had a better development system, 
outside of, yes, the G League is there. Yeah. But for a lot of guys, if you don't do numbers, if you don't look good in that first year in the G League, well, we're cutting ties. Yeah. Some guys maybe get two years, but you don't really get that much time. And if teams were able to, like, let's really hone in on this guy. Let's let him develop for three, four years. Maybe something could happen down the road. And that's why you're seeing these players like uh, Luka Doncic. He was able to develop as a teenager. Yeah. And then he comes to the NBA ready-made product because he was already playing professionally for a while with one organization. That is something that the NBA, I think, needs to adopt a little bit more. Give these players a little bit more time. All right. Let's go to the top story of the day. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're happy about it. Selection yeah. Monday was yesterday. Eight teams from the state of North Carolina will be in the NCAA baseball tournament. Let's run down the list. Wake Forest is the number one overall seed. They are hosting their own regional mm -hmm. over in Winston-Salem, over at the couch. UNC, Duke, NC State, Campbell, East Carolina, UNC Charlotte, and UNC Wilmington. Guys, if you're looking to look at some really great baseball over the weekend, these are the teams for you to cheer for. If you love North Carolina, from North Carolina, have anything to do with the state of North Carolina, these are the teams that are around us that have a chance to win it all. And we talked to Campbell head coach Justin Hare just a little bit ago. You can check out that conversation on the Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast talking about, hey, the state of North Carolina, eight programs making it is not, is not an insignificant thing. Right. Literally one-eighth of the field <laughs> is from the state of North Carolina. Yeah. One-eighth of the entire tournament is from the state of North Carolina. And it's impressive that, obviously, yes, the four ACC schools in the state, but other smaller schools, I say smaller schools, it, in terms of East Carolina, Wilmington, Charlotte, and Campbell, all making it. But these are also just, ah, you snuck in with an AQ type thing. Campbell was really close to, Hosting Campbell East Carolina should have hosted. Probably should have hosted <laughs> East Carolina. If it wasn't for some some later losses, was looking at potentially hosting as well. So yeah. I mean, there was actually a thought for a while that Duke was going to host a regional. They kind of played themselves out a little bit. Even Carolina did to for, an extent for a little bit there. For a little, for a little bit, bit there, there was a chance that some people were saying there was a chance that 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 seven teams from the state of North Carolina could have possibly hosted at one point at one during point, this past season. At one point, but strongly considering at least four, and yes. to see eight get in is really awesome. And we're also going to have North Carolina versus North Carolina matchups. For example, Campbell is playing against. NC State, that's in the Columbia region in South Carolina, with South Carolina being the host. We talked to our good friend Darren Vaught earlier this afternoon. He said that he feels strongly that either Campbell or NC State, that first game on Friday, the winner of that one sets themselves up perfectly to come out of that region and potentially could eventually go through the Super Regional and get to Omaha. Mm -hmm. He feels strongly that it's one of those two teams out of that region. And 
Duke also down in Conway, South Carolina at the Coastal Carolina Regional. Duke plays UNC Wilmington. So, again, North Carolina schools, while we're obviously going to see a couple eliminated just based off region, we might see a few North Carolina schools and ACC schools from this state get to Omaha. It's looking really good for the state, and it also shows that I think that this is something that's really underrated about our state. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good baseball here too. There's a lot. We're like we're we call ourselves the hoop state. We talk about the the basketball that's here, and that is definitely there and is definitely uh, thriving and prevalent. We can't we can't sleep on football either. North Carolina is churning out some big time NFL names as oh, well. Yeah. But baseball is really starting to not starting to has been has been really good for the state of North Carolina and a team like Campbell who has had a history of having Major League Baseball players come through that program. Um, you know, it's just – I think it's amazing to see, and it's great that these uh, teams, outside of our ACC teams, we love it when our ACC teams make it as well. But when you have East Carolina and Campbell and UNC Charlotte and UNC Wilmington, programs like that, when you don't, when you think about the state of North Carolina, you don't necessarily think about those schools. Mm-hmm. But now they can be on the forefront, front and center – uh, for the world to see, and if one of those teams happens to make it to the to Omaha to play in the College World Series, my goodness! I, look at East Carolina. My goodness, Let, go to, go out to Greenville, East Carolina. I've I've been out to Greenville many times to do play by play for women's lacrosse out there, and they have baseball games on the same day. That place is packed. Yes, doesn't matter who's playing. Yes, that place is packed. Yes, because they take pride on what they've built as a program out there, and that that I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome to see that. Um, North Carolina has had a rich history, UNC that is, of strong baseball programs. NC State, what Elliott Avett has built up there has been phenomenal and the longstanding success that they've had. I mean, they were COVID away from winning a national championship just a couple years ago. They were literally just COVID away from winning championship just a couple of years ago. And they would have been only the third ACC team to win the CWS. Yeah, a- ACC, let's get it together The here. ACC has only won two College World Series in the past. In 2015, Virginia did it. And then you have to go well, well, well back in the future before my parents were born. 1955, before Wake Forest moved from Wake Forest, North Carolina, to Winston-Salem, yeah. they won the College World Series in 1955. And also shout out Chris Pollard, what he's done over at Duke. Yes, he's been doing a great job. So hopefully uh, if we don't see somebody from the state of North Carolina win a College World Series, hopefully we're talking about an ACC team at least to get it because the ACC ACC baseball is really good right now. Mm-hmm. SEC is still the standard. ACC is coming, though. Trust that. Pause. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.